Dr. Homebrew is brought to you by Five Star Chemicals, providing safety and cleaning supplies for brewing, distilling, and winemaking at fivestarchemicals.com. Dr. Love. Stand aside, nurse. I'm Dr. Homebrew. All right, everybody, welcome back. It's another lovely episode of Dr. Homebrew, the show, the only show, I might add, that brings you live, up-to-date, heavy-hitting commentary on uh, on the homebrews that you send in, your homebrewing brothers and sisters over here, everybody. Uh, we're tasting your beers, and we're judging them, but not judging you. Uh, that's a whole different show on a whole different network. Um <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying anymore. How you guys doing? You got uh, Brian and Lee with me as always. Doing hello, good. Hello, hello. What's happening, fellas? Fellas, we're recovering from uh, the Northern California Homebrewers Fest. That's right. That's right. How was that thing? Awesome. Was it awesomely wet? Damp. <laughs> beer soaked <laughs> and a lot of fun. Uh, you know, a lot I, of fun. I I uh, I was following the weather because uh, I like making fun of people, and uh, I saw that it was raining up in Dobbins, and I was like, "Oh man, sucks to be you." But it wasn't that bad, or was it? Was it pretty terrible? We made the very best of it, and it was it was still a lot of fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It just makes you all huddle closer together under those tents and drink beers with oh. all your fairbound beard making buddies. I see. Yeah. I see Great what Lee's fun. up to. Great fun. Lee's trying to cop a feel. Uh, <laughs> Any good beers? No, no, that's too bad. <laughs> you brought a good one, Lee. There, there were some. There's plenty of good beer there. There's plenty of good barrel beer aged blend. Yeah, there were there were a few sours going on. A lot of good stuff. So sour beers. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I found a Flanders Red at the end of the night on Saturday. Just like, and I had to go back and get walk all the way down the hill from the campsite to get another one because it was so good. <laughs> uh, who had that on? Um, over by Doe's, one of those booths. I don't remember which one it was. They were. They were still man in the booth and pouring, you know, like 10 at night. Tasty was hanging out there. and yeah. You know, isn't it always the way uh, the last beer of the night is the best beer of the entire thing? <laughs> and then you have to go looking for it. And it's, yeah, that sounds, uh, I don't know. At least that always is with me, which is why I don't go camping. Because, you know, you got to fight through a lot of a lot of beers to find the beer, right? Yeah, but it's worth the Maybe. challenge. Well, I it's suppose It's a lot so. of fun. You just show up late and ask everybody else what's good. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good move. I got to I got to I got to learn a lesson or two from these things. Um, all right everybody, it is Dr. Homebrew and of course we are brought to you by our favorite sponsor here on Dr. Homebrew, Five Star Chemicals. Everybody knows Five Star Chemicals. They do the PBW and all that kind of stuff. You know, I've recently used PBW to clean uh, to clean my shower, my bathtub. Uh, so you can you don't have to use it just for brewing. It it it, it makes a great comet or whatever that uh, you know powdery scrub thing is. Uh, my roommates are pretty dirty people, so uh, you know our tub is gross. But with PBW, boom, done, cleaned. Uh, ask for it at your local homebrew supply store. And then we also have uh, our our recipe sponsor, Brew Toad. Now, Brew Toad is an online uh, recipe. Uh, formulation uh, software, and it's also a, a database. 
So you can go on. If you want to discover new homebrew recipes online, check out brewtoad.com. Run over there and sign up. It's a free account. has over 40,000 brewers logging an impressive recipe count of over 170,000 recipes. Uh, and I'm sure it's gone up since I've, I've written this. But uh, if you want to find all the recipes that are talked about right here on Dr. Homebrew, check out uh, bruto.com slash Dr. Homebrew. They have all of our shows archived for us. They have all of the uh, BJCP score sheets that Brian and Lee fill out. Um, uploaded for you to check it out too. Plus, the brewers are nice enough to actually post their recipes within Brewtoad. Those are all linked up as well. So if you want to know precisely and exactly what we're talking about on the shows at any given moment in time, uh, aside from the fact when I'm talking, then uh, go over to Brewtoad. Go to Brewtoad.com slash Dr. Homebrew. They're good people. They're really, really passionate brewers. And uh, they're really making a, a, very nice, a very nice website. Very easy to use. Uh, I really enjoy it. Yeah, it's a cool community, and and hey, I like what they're doing with the show. And and now that we know they're going to put our score sheets up on the uh, the interwebs, <laughs> yeah. I might have to start writing more legibly. Well, I don't know. Think that'll happen? Well, it is Doctor Homebrew, so <laughs> yeah, write your prescription, buddy. <laughs> you might get something good. You might get something else. I don't know. Doctor Brian Sudafed Stout. <laughs> <laughs> just writing and writing and writing, and then suddenly the the ink trail just goes off the page. <laughs> Brian is in currently recovery right now. Uh, in case you're new to this whole, uh, you know, home brewing podcast thing, or especially the Brewing Network thing, you're probably going, well, what is Dr. Homebrew? Well, I can tell you that. Uh, Dr. Homebrew, we consider ourselves an interactive BJCP score sheet. So uh, you send us your beer. Uh, we, and we, I mean, the two BJCP master judges, Brian and Lee, in here will judge your beer they will fill it out just like you got in a competition uh but the best part is you can come on the air with us and communicate with us we ask you questions about the beer and you can ask the guys questions about what they're talking about right if you want to know how to add more gypsum in if they say oh your water you know could be a little harder well okay instead of having to slog through all that research and actually read a book these guys will just tell you it's all free i mean just you know you pay the entry fee of your shipping your beer and just come on just ask them they'll tell you right you don't have to do any research there's no book reading here. Are you encouraging people to be lazy? Well, maybe. I don't know. Are you encouraging to count on us? <laughs> <laughs> they usually they're, they're, they'll they'll tell us where, you know they'll prove us wrong sometimes. I mean, some of the brewers on the show have had a great depth of knowledge, and I'm impressed with the quality that you know the people that really know what they're doing. So it's a it's a conversation. It's not just us telling them what to do. Absolutely, it's, it's a community, and we're part of that community. We'll give you our opinion, and it's. As valid as another judge's opinion, which might vary quite a lot. So, um, or just the brewer's opinion. But hey, you know, we'll give it. We'll throw it out there. Yeah, for sure. Well, and and that you hit it right on the head. It, it, it is a community, and it's it's a conversation. Um, so, y- if you send us beer, you climb on the line with us, uh, as you're going to hear two guys do later on in the show, and uh, you can ask these questions that you may not really be able to ask uh, outside of. You know, a, a, attending a a club meeting, or a lot of our guys just live too far away to right, to, yeah. to do that, and they have to drive a hundred miles. Uh, I'm exaggerating to get even internet connection, even three G. These people don't even have four G. <laughs> Can you imagine? It's terrible. Uh, anyway, how, how many bot is that? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I just put an age on my name. <laughs> <laughs> That is true. 
so that's what we do. Uh, like I said, Brian and Lee, they're both master BJCP level judges. They're here to provide you all the help and feedback that they can within your little segment. Um, so tonight we have two fellows on. We have Constantine and Kyle, and uh, one is providing a robust porter, and the other is a stout. Just a stout. I asked him, well, is it a dry stout? Is it a, a sweet stout? Is it whatever? And he goes, I don't know. I'm sorry? I think it was a wee heavy. Was it a wee heavy? Well, it may have been you a wee heavy. Us. That's the one you sent us. Um, oh, no. Did you drink the stout? I may have drank in the stout. You drank the stout. What am I doing? I well, know. we'll sort all that out. It may be a wee heavy. You're absolutely right. These labels look labeled like the ones that we, we did judge. Oh, so. I'm yeah. sorry. You know what? That's for the That's for the other show. You're absolutely right. Lee, thanks for uh, correcting me. Hey, no worries. Find we'll out about to the stout. stout. Tune in to the next episode of Dr. Homebrew. <laughs> yeah, that's where right. We get th- I feel like kind of like the Muppet Show sometimes. Where it's just like credits. You, you go through all these planning and then it's just everything crashes down and, and you're like, well, whatever. What are you going to do? That's entertaining too. Kermit's still going <laughs> to sing at the end of the night, man. That's true. That's true. Um, all right, everybody. Uh, thanks for... Coming with us, listening us, uh, listening to us live. If you are on the live stream, blah uh, blah blah, you can go check out the handsome faces of Brian and Lee right now. Um, uh, instead of that huge long URL, the new dot live stream hyphen whatever, just go to thebringnetwork.com slash TV, and there you'll see everyone's pretty faces live in color, depending if you want that. Um, and, uh, yeah, so whatever. Anyway, we're going to take a break, and then when we come back, we're going to have Constantine on the line, and uh, he's going to walk us through his beer. I hesitate to say what it is because Live clearly... color, depending... It, what the heck is going on? Oh, you know what it is. There we go. Sorry, everybody. I'm still trying to figure out this new software. There we go. I have to have the, our show playing in the background to upload things throughout the show, and I didn't close the window because then you hear me, uh, whatever. Do the thing, another thing. I'm going to go take a hit of heroin, and then when we come back, uh, we'll have Constantine on the line. It's Dr. Homebrew, everyone. Stay tuned. Do you know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand, Santa Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you have a cleaning problem, you need the Five Star Solution. Visit FiveStarChemicals.com or call 800-782-7019. 800-782-7019. And get the Five star treatment today this mosaic pale ale for rebel brewer is delicious yes i enjoy it too wait did you hear that it sounds like a velociraptor why would a velociraptor be here that doesn't make any sense he's going for my beer i'll stop him oh it looks
looks like our frightening friend just has a thing for Rebel Brewer Hoppy Beers. RebelBrewer.com has the largest selection of grains on the planet. And if you order before noon, most orders will ship the same day. Two-thirds of the country gets their orders in two days or less. Rebel Brewer, the velociraptor of homebrew shops. Why wait? Quick, flexible, speedy, fast, not slow, and fast and speedy. Visit RebelBrewer.com today. Or I'll rip your face off. Oh, and he'll totally do it, too. Visit today at RebelBrewer.com. Hello, fellow BNers. This is Sully from the 21st Amendment Brewery located in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. Before Nico and I opened the 21A and before I was a professional brewer, I homebrewed on my small four-burner apartment stove in a back house in Santa Monica, California, making my extract brews before graduating to the daunting idea of all-grain brewing. Homebrew books and information was hard to come by back then. The Internet hadn't been invented yet, along with other things we take for granted today, like electricity and potable water. One thing I wish I had back then when I was learning was a radio show that could teach me the ins and outs of brewing and answer questions that I had about homebrewing, a resource for making great craft beer. The 21st Amendment Brewery is excited to be a proud sponsor of Dr. Homebrew, a great show that teaches you what you need to know about making incredible beer. Good stuff. Listen up, you might learn something. I certainly did. And thanks for your support. Tasty Crack Games. All right, everybody, it's Dr. Homebrew. Thanks for sticking with us through all of our problems, our strife. But we rise up like a phoenix from the spent grain bin and stuff, everyone. Whatever. Word. Uh, Words work, huh? On the line, we have Constantine, I hope. Constantine, are you there, friend? Yes, I am. All right. Thanks for sticking with us, man. Yes, sir. Um, all right, so we are having your robust porter. Is that correct? That's a robust porter, right? It is. All right. Um, before we dive into that, how long have you been brewing? What are you, uh, what are you brewing on? Tell me a little bit about yourself. Uh, I started brewing about uh, five years ago, and actually my, uh, my wife bought me a first uh, Mr. Beer kit. Oh. Yeah, and then uh, so started that, and first about six batches uh, went down the drain because they were not good. <laughs> <laughs> you mean the Mr. Beer Kit isn't the be all end all of <laughs> brewing uh, equipment? What was uh, what was wrong with it? What did, what didn't you like about it? Well, I, I, and I think my the problem was is I was not sanitizing correctly, and I was just uh, I was trying to um, make the beer, but not following the proper directions. And then uh, then I went down to a local home brew shop, and they got me set up on. Uh, um, Five gallon uh, uh, partial uh, partial of mash or extract. Oh, cool. what homebrew shop was that? Uh, that was uh, here in Denver. Uh, Stompum Grapes. Okay, yeah, yeah. Great, I've, great I've, guy. Yeah, I've been to that shop actually when I was tooling around Denver one time. I like that little place. That's cool. And so you are all grain or are you extract right now? Well, right now, yeah, actually, I moved up to all grain about uh, four years ago. Okay. And I uh, just got, you know, Kegel uh, 
uh, set up, uh, and you know, it's a ten ten gallon whole grain batch. Awesome, that's great, man. So uh, this robust porter, what do you want to get out of sending it to us? You know, just uh, another you know another set of set of uh, taste buds and you know opinion, and seeing what uh, somebody else besides uh, my family has to say about it. <laughs> Yeah, your family can kind of cloud the uh, the judgment there, huh? But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is great, honey. Uh, yep. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've been there before. Trust me, my first batches weren't very good either. So, um, All right, guys, what do you think? Lee, why don't you, uh, why don't you take this one? All right. Um, so uh, we weren't quite sure what kind of porter this was when we got the bottle. So I actually judged this as a brown, as a brown porter finding out tonight that it's a robust porter um mostly just based on the color when i poured it which is a bit in the light side for a brown for a robust porter but probably not too bad um i just got some uh light earthy hop notes in the nose some grainy cereal malt aroma coffee cocoa notes no esters really that i picked up uh no diacetyl dms maybe a little bit of a hint of a kind of musty vegetal kind of aroma i wasn't really sure on that uh, appearance is sort of a medium brown red, pretty good clarity. Pours a medium low brown head, which faded to light cover. Fairly fine bubbles. Uh, rich caramely malt flavor with cocoa coffee flavors. And a low earthy hop note. Um, supporting IBU bit, uh, bittering. It wasn't really notably bitter, just enough there to keep the beer drinkable. No esters really uh, that I picked up. Again, I got a little bit of a kind of metallic vegetal, almost musty note. Which made me wonder if there might have been a little bit of a bacterial issue in that bottle. Uh, what, hmm. um, it seemed kind of um, like there was something going on. It wasn't very strong. If you didn't pay attention, I might not have noticed it. But since I'm judging it, I'm paying attention for all I'm worth. Um, so I picked up a little bit of that. Um, finish uh, is fairly sweet. Kind of a coffee, cocoa, caramel flavor set. Fairly pleasant, actually. Um, Really got very little black malt character that I noted. No, just kind of—I mean, in terms of the darker, roasty, ashy kind of black malts, more the coffee cocoa kind of malts. Medium body, CO two is medium low. Wasn't really warming. It was pretty creamy. A little bit of a drying tea-like astringency in the finish. I thought that, that might sort of go with the the off flavor I was picking up. I actually thought it was pretty good as a brown porter. Um, it had that kind of rich caramel coffee kind of flavor that you I'd want there. It was almost brown ale uh, territory too. Um, I just thought there was a little bit of a possible sanitation problem in there that was making uh, those kind of not so nice off flavors. They were still pretty background, but I was figuring over time they'd probably get worse. So it might be a time to check the sanitation procedures on the bottling. Now I guess maybe the bottling, um, well that's just a guess because it's pretty low level, but it could be anywhere. You now any sort of cold side plastic or rubber check for scratches clean it out replace it if you think there's any stains on it um watch your bottling practices uh take apart your bottling equipment whatever you got if you got a counter pressure filler make sure all the gaskets inside are cleaned all that sort of thing um but it wasn't aside from that i thought it was actually a pretty decent brown porter um but that was kind of a problem for me so i i ended up scoring it at 25 I'd probably give it 10 to 15 points higher if it didn't have that bug in it. Okay. All right. And Brian, Brian I think, has other ideas. <laughs> <laughs> I, ju- I judged it as a robust porter. I just, um, if somebody hands me a beer and says, here, this is a porter, and we're in the United States, 
chances are it's a robust porter. So I just went with that. And um, anyway, yeah, in the aroma, it had had a kind of a pleasant, lightly roasty note, not too heavy, but you know, some some toffee like character underneath that. I get a lot of that. Um, yeah, the toffee. That was that was kind of cool, but um, yeah, for the what you want in a in a robust porter, you you want to have that. Well, you want to have that roast coming out a little more over the top of that than this one does, but that's it's okay. It's it's it, it was pleasant. Um, smells a bit earthy and a little bit of chocolate-like notes in there, but not too heavy. Kind of light overall as far as um, the roastiness and the the rich malt characters are, but um, you know enough complexity there to keep it interesting. I thought uh, hops are are pretty low and herbal, earthy. Um, esters generally fruity, pretty low levels. Um, and appropriate for the style. Didn't get any DMS or diacetyl. Um, and it was not very, uh, very burnt or anything. There was no like acrid, intense, um, in the aroma, uh, of the roast character. So color was, yeah, pretty light brown and has a, a, a little bit of haze in there, it seemed like, but, uh, it still shows some highlights, kind of red orange. But if you hold it up to the light, it's, it's pretty hard to see through it and not just because it's a somewhat dark beer. Um, but, uh, it's hard to tell with these dark beers too. <laughs> so it's, it seems, yeah, it doesn't seem as clear as it should be, but it's not usually a big problem for these. It's just, uh, who knows what's causing that and what's in there. But, uh, yeah, head started pretty low and faded fairly quickly, light tan, kind of medium sized, uh, bubbles. Um, uh, so that's the appearance, um, in the flavor, uh, you know, the malt, the roasty malt did come across first and, and uh, it was, Got to take another sip. Just a little bit biting, um, maybe a little rough, but and there's not much chocolate, and uh, but it's got this kind of rounded edge on the that roast malt. That it's a bit coffee-like, kind of like a cold coffee kind of thing, um, and it seems almost in this beer that bitterness is more from the malts than hops. There really wasn't a lot of hop bitterness in this. Uh, you know, it shouldn't have a ton of it, but uh, you uh, you need to balance it as well um, for an American-style beer too. It can. You can get away with a little more of that sometimes. <laughs> um, not say, that it needs a ton of that, but yeah. When you say uh, the bitterness from the malt, are you talking astringency? Well, uh, bitterness or is a flavor that's perceived on your on your you know your taste buds, mm-hmm. and so the bitterness coming you know the malt contributes bitterness, the hops contribute bitterness. You can as as a judge, you can kind of tell uh, where they're coming from. You know, hop bitterness kind of expresses itself in a in a little different way. It's a little more. Uh, kind of tangy and sharp and hmm. and so you you look quite literally mean just well, bitter yeah yeah just bitter i mean actually technically i suppose bitterness is just bitterness <laughs> your bitter receptors are yeah. firing or not right yeah, yeah think like a little bitterness you get out of coffee it's a roast it's a roast beast just like a uh, roast barley is. so you okay. can get a little bitter out of that process okay all right so yeah you wouldn't get it out of the base malt but the, right. the roast you can right it was kind of minimal level on that um I thought the, the, the fermentation seemed fairly clean. I didn't get a lot of big off flavors. I could see a little bit of the vegetal that, that Lee's picking up. And you, you mentioned, did you say metallic too? A, a little, little bit. of that. And actually at the moment, more, I'm getting more almost a musty, wet concrete sort of thing. Yeah. I do get the musty. A little musty, yeah. Um, What's that from again? Do we know? Uh, well, either he used beer to guard yeast, <laughs> <laughs> or it probably has something to do with a low-level bacterial. Okay, kind of thing. that's would what be you're my talking guess. About. Okay, 
right? And I, like, yeah, like Lee said, I mean, before I even get to feedback, I, I, I strongly suggest changing out your plastic equipment that's used for transferring into, you know, any 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 point after the beer is, is cooled and fermenting, change out any plastic tubing that's, uh, you know, pretty regularly where you're transferring the beer through that and just keep it, uh, you know, PBW'd up and, and star sand up and in between every use, like right after you're done using it and, and it'll keep happy for a while. Uh, but if you start getting some little off flavors, then just change it out. Just dump it. Plastic's cheap. Um, so yeah, the, uh, the balance was definitely to the to the malt on this beer. Uh, it finished kind of semi dry to me. I, I I didn't get the big sweetness that Lee was getting, but it's um, kind of in the middle there somewhere. Um, body wise or mouthfeel wise, it was kind of medium bodied with a pretty medium low carbonation it wasn't very high on the carbonation in this bottle sometimes it's hard to get you know from bottle to bottle you can see variation and from and bottling for competitions it's it's a challenging art you need to really work at it to get it get it just right so it's probably different if you had it in a keg i don't know or if this is a a bottle conditioned beer i'm not sure but um you know sometimes it's hard to get that that balance right in a in a beer that you bottle for competition so uh, i did get a little bit of astringency here uh, perhaps some of the darker grains. It wasn't very uh, very creamy or smooth, but uh, mouthfeel was okay. Um, overall impression: it's, it's a pleasant drinking porter with a lot going for it. Um, it does it does seem to have at least some kind of recipe issues keeping it from being right for the style. I would um, well bump up a little more of the chocolate notes in there would make it more interesting. Mm. And and um, I don't know. When I first tasted, it, I said I said to back off the roasted black as malts. It's also the the first beer of, the, of that night when I was judging it, and now I think I wouldn't really suggest that anymore. So I should just cross this off my sheet. <laughs> the roast is at, at a pretty much right level. There's some other things going on here that that uh, could be explored a little bit, and I think maybe Lee does have maybe he's right. Maybe he has a point. Um, but <laughs> you could bump up the bearing hop a little bit just to balance it a little more, and it could stand to have a bit darker color. Uh, and a little more carbonation. So, and then to avoid the astringency, just make sure you keep your sparge, uh, you know, below pH six and around 168 degrees Fahrenheit or less when you're sparging. Um, you can also do some different things with the, you know, extracting the dark malts, not not having them in the whole mash the whole time. If you, you know, because a lot of astringency will come from, uh, you know, the holes, those dark malts in there being in the mash the whole time, and just that that material and the husk just gets sucked into the the mash the whole time it's sitting there. It, you, you could even do like you know extract your base malt uh, beer, and we've suggested this on a show a couple times. But it's, it's a little trick too that I got from uh, or heard from Gordon Strong, and I've tried it, and it works pretty well. Um, just you know, do all your base malts and everything, and then steep the dark malts in you know after you've collected your wort, just steep the dark malts to get the the color and the flavors that you need from that, and then you're not you know. Uh, subjecting the whole mash to all that stuff the whole time. Right, just like you would do doing extract. Right. Right, okay. Yeah, go back to the old days. Yeah. But uh, pretty good beer. I, I scored it a 31. I, I enjoyed it. I could I could drink this beer. Um, wasn't as much to style, but it, you know, to me it didn't have some very serious flaws, and it was it was pretty tasty. So, um, yeah, good, pretty decent attempt at the robust porter. Thank you. And uh, um, well, if I if I may say also with uh, with a style, honestly, I didn't really wanted to go to robust porter. To me, I just wanted to make up like a br- uh, brown porter. Honestly, I, I think that's what I should have named it uh, too. Yeah. Okay, 
I, I would have been down with that. Yeah, it <laughs> seems very Brown Porterish to me. Yeah, yeah. I think good. Why, why the change, Constantine? The what? Why? Why did you change it? You were you said you were trying to make a Brown Porter, but you named it a, a robust Porter. Well, so when I was uh, um, actually I originally brewed, uh, this is my second uh, batch of the same recipe. And the first recipe I did was uh, about a year ago, and I submitted for uh, competition, and uh, um, and it scored up uh, really good. And so then you know I decided to brew a second batch, and then when I, I but that was the only on the first batch that was the only um, when I submitted it, I I overlooked towards uh, the. Uh, uh, Porter. Actually, I just named it Porter, um, and then they came back and said, "Oh, it's a good robust Porter." And I was uh, like, "Okay, <laughs> it is then." <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> okay, it is. Don't listen to the judges; they don't know what they're talking about. Right. <laughs> um, hey, yeah. Constantine, in, in in your some of your other beers, are you getting that kind of musty flavor that the guys were talking about? I, you know, I I, I am, um, and so I have been uh, for a little bit, and I force uh, carbonate um, all of the beers. And and the reason behind the nuts, uh, actually, I was running out of time to get this one um, off, you know, into the bottles. And so, actually, I did not even counter pressure. I just opened the bottle and, you know, just uh, filled it up. Uh, right from the tap there? Then, yeah. Okay. Well, so, that's, that's why the low, low carbonation. Now, it has been in the... Um, uh, cakes, you know, for about what uh, since ascended uh, for about uh, a month or so, and, and then uh, it's actually tastes really great. It, it's um, car- I, I I feel like the carbonation you guys have, and then me, you know, that's totally different. Yeah, it could could be a little oxidation going on too with that. That's if that uh, you said that you know kind of wet celery kind of there could be a little cardboard in there or, mm. or papery kind of too. Yeah, just in the sample we have. Can yeah. we come over and drink your beer? Yes, you can. All right, let's go. Let's get in the car. Lee, you take the first driving shift. No problem. Uh, do you have any questions for the guys, Constantine? Um. Well, and then from the feedback, so you guys would probably add, uh, um, say, just add a little more chocolate to, to make it uh, uh, more, um, just have the more kind of uh, porter chocolatey taste, huh? Going for a robust porter, yeah, a little, maybe a touch more of roast, a touch more of the t- chocolate, give it kind of sh- semi-sweet chocolate edge that you like in a nice robust porter. Yeah, I'd consider bringing up the chocolate just a little bit, and um, especially if you're going soda for the American-style robust porter, maybe bring up the bittering a bit, too. It's, it's fairly sweet, to me, anyways. Um, yeah, yeah. But hey, you know, be creative. Make beer for you. Don't make beer for a judge, you, if you, unless you want to. You can, um, but, you know, you develop your own style and you develop your own house character. Um, maybe even have your own, you know, blend of yeasts that have lived in your brewery and somehow keep <laughs> propagating those. I don't know. You know, be creative. That's that's part of the fun of brewing. And, and you know, part of the thing about the, the BJCP is, you know, everything has to be kind of pigeonholed. And to do, you know, to, to do a judging program, you kind of do need to do that. And I understand that, but it has its place. But there's definitely a lot of room for creativity and freedom and fun. Absolutely. Do it. Do it. That's why we do it. All right, Constantine, yeah. in, anything else before we let you go? Well, uh, one other thing is um, I had it uh, um, fermenting, and when I, I was transferring, there was a, a pretty uh, pretty big layer of uh, kind of like a, not on the bottom, but on top, there's uh, um, kind of like a cake, like a brown cake stuff on it. Uh, um, and 
Now, should I have left it? Because it's only been in a primary fermentation for about, uh, I want to say, seven days. Should I have left it there a little more to, or, or no? Probably a little more than, yeah, a little more than seven days would help, you know, get some of that. This, it sounds like it's just particles from the dark malt that, that you know, came through into the beer, and, and that's fine. It's That are floating to the top, or it could be yeast, crazy. Or yeast, yeah, yeah but with, with a little bit of the chunky from the malt. But I think that might be what's causing some of the uh, the little clarity issue I saw. So, you know, if you want it a little clearer, a little nicer looking, and get some of that matter out of the beer, uh, probably would help it to let it sit a little longer. Yeah, a little longer might help it finish that last little bit. And you can always, if it's in a carboy, it's easy to do, rouse it a bit too if the yeast is just totally settled out. Depends on the yeast you use if you're not sure it's done. I, I've used the uh, English uh, ale yeast. Yeah, that, uh, which one? The, the English ale, the, the WLP002. Yeah. yeah, that one tends to flocculate out fast. So it's actually probably a good idea to rouse your fermenter a few day for a few days after that stuff crashes down because it, it'll it'll fall out too soon. It's it's uh-huh. very prone to that, leaving too sweet a beer and diacetyl if you're not lucky. Uh-huh. Didn't get that here, but yeah. So yeah, that's a good thing to try. Well, good. Thanks. All right. Thanks, Constantine. I appreciate the uh, the good beer and you sending it over and all that kind of stuff, man. Um, Five Star is going to be sending you a uh, a packet, uh, a little thing in the mail with some PBW and some five, uh, some star sand and stuff like that for being on the show. So, uh, hey, I really appreciate it. Appreciate that, man. All right, take it easy. Cool. Yeah, thank you. Thanks right, for the beer. Yeah, right. cheers. That was Constantine. Good beer. I thought it was pretty good beer. Yeah. You know, it is interesting that he he has that musty flavor, and uh, well, now he knows how to fix it. So, score one for Doctor Homebrew. All right, speaking of uh, scoring, I don't know. Uh, we're going to take another break, and then when we come back, we're going to have Kyle on uh, with a beer that's cold and carbonated and wet. Uh, I don't know the style because I'm pretty dumb. So uh, see you on the other end of the jump. It's Dr. Homebrew. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. Morebeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. Morebeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to morebeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, more beer social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of the buzz, the forum, the learning center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. Everybody, thanks for hanging out. It is Dr. Homebrew. I tell you, you get a couple, uh, couple two-tree weeks of not running the boards, and, and, and you're all kind of, you know... You losing your skills? Yeah. yeah. Fingers and elbows over here. 
you know, what pot to put down and whatever. So, anyway, that's my little behind the scenes. That's a behind the scenes look at what it takes to run a successful podcast, such as, uh, you know, uh, what, what are we called? Dr. Dr. Hum. Dan Dr. Hummus. Dan Hummus. Dan Hummus is who we are. Uh, Anyway, this is Dr. Homebrew, and of course, uh, we have yet another fine homebrew to drink. This one is from Kyle. Kyle, you with us? Yeah. Hey, what's up, guys? Man, I love Skype. So (laughs) much easier than the phone. Yeah. Sounds like like you're right here with us. I wish I was. Well, I don't know. Uh, I've been been real gassy, so you may want to... Anyway... Thanks for sending us beer, Kyle. I appreciate that. Yeah, no problem. And it made it here just fine. Everything's good. Uh, before we break into it, why don't you tell us a little about your home brewing experience? How long uh, have you been brewing? I started uh, home brewing, and uh, I took a class in college about three years ago, and uh, did extract for a couple years, and I started all grain um, about a year ago, and have just been hitting it hard, brewing about three times a month ever since. Wow. Uh, did you say extract or all grain? All grain, yeah. All grain. Look at this guy, right out of the gate. Um, so you sent us a wee heavy, correct? Yeah, it was a, a club brew. Uh, Thirteen of us brewed five gallons each of uh, wee heavy. We were trying to go for something along the lines of like a old chub by Oscar Blues, and then we uh, aged it in a fifty-five gallon bourbon barrel for uh, six months. I knew there was booze. <laughs> well, who's bourbon? Um, Bowman Distillery. It's a small nano distillery in uh, Reston, Virginia. Nice. Nano-ist. Yeah, we we actually got a good, uh, I guess, like quart of whiskey in the bottom of it too. So <laughs> yeah, it was can, a win-win. Can you call it bourbon? You can't call it bourbon unless it's in Bourbon County, right? Kentucky. Yeah, I guess that's true. So and you use the the you only use the barrels once and all this stuff, too. right? Yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. You don't want to piss off the hillbillies in Kentucky, dude. So <laughs> well, there's I'm a couple getcha. around here too, so <laughs> well that's true. That's the <laughs> don't want to piss them off either. Who do you have in the hills? The uh the the Jackson White clan or whatever? Isn't that the big like inbred clan up in the Appalachia? Whatever. Anyway, sorry. Uh let's get into your beer, man. Um have you made a we have you before or you said it was the club beer but uh is it something you've done on your own before? No, no. I, I brew a lot of Belgians um and I've never made a we heavy before. Um I think we got the recipe from um a BYO magazine. Okay. Um right. kind of like a you know an old chub clone and um I know some, I mean, I'm a big fan of that beer and I know someone in our club had brewed it before and really liked it and so we thought that it would go well with that whiskey character. Awesome. Awesome. All right, Brian. Well, uh, you're you're up hey. on this. On this beer it smells wonderful. Yeah, the aroma is really is really cool on this. It's it's very malty and robust. Like you know, caramel and toffee in there. Um, a lot of uh, melanoidins. Um, and um, boy, it's a yeah, a little sharp. There's a lot little, some dark fruit character in there. Um, I thought I was getting a little acetaldehyde or something, but it might just be that boozy note. The booze wasn't really declared in the when we were judging it. It was just declared as a, a barrel aged wee heavy, and we didn't know. Um, you know, when you're entering a wood aged beer, you probably would want it. Um, uh, and this probably isn't your fault. You probably told JP everything. And he just didn't tell us <laughs> a lot. But um, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Um, declare what it is if it's a if it's a bourbon barrel aged. We have you know, declare all of that on the entry forms, and if they can yeah. fit it <laughs> on the stuff that gets to the judges, <laughs> then they'll do that. A good organizer will. <clears throat> but yeah, some nice dark fruits in there. Uh, 
hops are really not detected, which is totally to style. Um, no diacetyl or DMS. It had. I was picking up some some nice vanillins in there and some some oakiness. Um, yeah, pleasant aroma. Um, kind of a, a well, kind of medium deep copper colored uh, with some nice garnet highlights. Seems fairly clear on. Had a low tan head that that actually persists pretty well. Kind of ring the glass while you're drinking it. Uh, some kind of mousse-like foam and, uh, and a few larger bubbles in there. But, um, yeah, the, you, you get into the flavor. I was taking a sip of this. Yeah, I need to do that. Yeah, man, drink up. Mm. Yeah, the malt's nice and firm and full. Uh, it really has that, that rich kettle caramelized character that you want in a wee heavy. I like that a lot. Absolutely does. Um, a bit of vanilla and smoke and wood and some definite booziness in there. Um, the alcohol is pretty evident. Uh, just just a little uh, you know sharp and and a little biting. I I don't want a, a boozy beer to be too boozy, but I, I think it's just pushing that envelope a little bit. And it's like right there where you can get a little of the sharpness from the booze, but it's not like oh my god, this is a booze bomb. Um, you know, the hot bitters as low as expected, uh, strongly malt balanced, and and finishes fairly sweet as it should. Uh, that that Scottish ale yeast doesn't typically leave uh it leaves you know some sweetness behind there and it should so you know good good ale fermentation character nice toffee like lingering in the aftertaste with some of those vanillins and the, the light booziness that's really cool um full-bodied beer as far as the mouthfeel goes um medium low carbonation there um and uh plenty of alcohol warmth um it's a little bit kind of hot in the back of the throat you get that there's there's a lot going on here. There's a lot of alcohol in the beer, and and there's some now now that we know about the bourbon too. It, it you can tell it's definitely got some um, some alcohol in there, and um, just a little on the on the palate in the back of the throat. You can just feel it being a little intense on the on the on your throat. And there's a lot going on there. It's um, slightly creamy. Not wasn't very astringent. Just pretty smooth overall. Um, so that's the mouthfeel. Um, really, you know, pleasant drinking what we heavy and uh, has some definite boozy characteristics on it. Uh, I seemed like maybe it was a little bit hot, so I would have suggested backing off the fermentation temp a little bit and ensuring a large, healthy, vigorous yeast culture is pitched to keep your fermentation happy and avoid any hotness. Um, or, you know, again, it could be coming from the booze there. So I'm not, you, you can't really guess as the process, but if you know there's booze in it, then I would have maybe said something about the booze on my, my score sheet, which I didn't. But, uh, you know, fermentation is, is a big part of what can leave a little hotness in there, a little heat. Um, just leave it on the yeast a little bit longer to clean up any residual stuff in there, like any acetaldehyde. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of convinced that it, I'm, there isn't really any acetaldehyde in this after all. <laughs> I just, I'm second guessing myself. Hey, that's fine. But, yeah, I, I, at the bottom, I, I wrote, I'd like to know if this is a booze barrel-aged beer. If so, entrants should always declare it on competition forms. But, anyway, lo- liked the beer a lot. I gave it a 37, even not knowing it was booze barrel-aged. It just had a nice balance to it and really pleasant beer with the the base style. was just, you know, pr- pretty spot on and, and uh, nice job with that. So, good stuff. Thanks. Yeah, I agree, man. I agree. Uh, Lee, what do you think? I'm going to second-guess Brian. I think you should. It's my job, it's, though, right? It's healthy for him, right? It's, well, I'm not going to argue with him. I'm just going to second guess it. <laughs> this isn't about disagreements. It's just about, well, you know, security. 
Right. Those Healthy six, debate. Right? There right. you go. Healthy debate. Right. <laughs> right. You got the right slider going there? I think so. Okay. Good. Yeah. What? What? Right. Anyways, what did I think of this beer? What um, did you think of it? Uh, I liked it. Yeah. Uh, deep, rich malt aroma, plummy esters, some alcohol, kind of spicy alcohol aroma, maybe just a whisper, some sherry oxidation, no hops coming through in the nose. Um, malt had some brown bread and caramel flavor, aroma, sorry, aromas to it. Didn't pick up any of that classic, uh, often overdone sort of peat smoke that you get in some of these. Um, it's all kind of very to style, except maybe the oxidation might be a little odd. But, you know, it's big beer. Get some age on it. You'll get that there. And that actually can work pretty well. Um, the uh, appearance, medium brown, some red highlights. Really good clarity, actually. Uh, just a little short legs. Not a lot of legs on this, but a little bit. Um, pours a low foam, pretty much just fades a little light cover right away. Um, the flavor, intense esters, cherry, plum, fig, uh, rich, dark, bready malt, moderate, slightly spicy alcohol, slight solvent note to it, I thought, to the alcohol, a little bit hot, possible low phenolic smoke, which was pleasant, so maybe the bit of that Scottish yeast thing going on. Uh, the finish is pretty sweet, uh, less, uh, less so than, uh, than it might be, um, less so than at the start, really. Um, after taste of all the malt, it was malt and esters and alcohol, no hop flavor, really. May, I didn't really pick up any roast malt, maybe just a little bit. A little, I wasn't sure, maybe a little bit of that classic kettle caramelization flavor you get in some good Scottish ales, too, or Scotch ales like this. Mouthfeel is medium high body, a little apparent drying towards the mid palate. Alcohol warmth is definitely noted. A uh, little bit of solvent to that, maybe. Not really hot, but it's a little boozy. Uh, no astringency. Carbonation is a medium-low, medium-high on creaminess. All pretty much the style, except for maybe that solvent note. So we heavy should be pretty clean on the alcohol. I have a lot of it. Um, but again, this thing was sitting in a barrel, and barrels can contribute an awful lot of different um, character in terms of the booze, the alcohol that was in yeah. the spirits. I actually was guessing this was a brandy barrel, not a bourbon barrel, because I've had brandy barrel beers that have been that have been converted from whatever they were to just being exceptionally fruit forward and often rather hot. Hmm. Um, and maybe that was just the brandy barrel that we were using, but I've seen a few of those like that actually. Um, overall, uh, I thought it was a really drinkable beer, a very appealing beer. I would be happy to have a, a case of this at home. Hint, hint. Uh, very well done. Um, as, as to being the style, it was pretty nice. Good malt character. Um, is probably too Esther Ford to be really a, a perfect example of style. But, you know, again, that might be coming from your barrel, from the spirits in there. It's hard to say. Um, if you wanted to improve it, I would try and figure out a way to lower that ester profile and bring it and let it focus more on the malt, uh, like a real, like a total real we heavy does. They're basically beers that are about malt and alcohol. Um, but be that as it may, it was a wonderfully drinkable beer. Um, I really liked it. Um, I gave it a thirty-eight. I could maybe even go up a little more, but I, for me, I think that was about as as high as I wanted to go, given the fact it was sort of very very ester forward as opposed to. A, very very malt forward, but I could drink a lot of that. I think getting rid of that, that uh, the hot, the little hot edge there would would push it right up into the forties because it's super pleasant. Like styles right on, and it's it's nice. It, it just little little hot, and and uh, you know there are a lot of fruits going on in there too. I, I do agree with you on that. Lee. It's, it's interesting though. It just makes it more more interesting to me. Yeah, Absolutely. it's beautiful. It's almost it almost gets more into a territory. It's almost more similar to like a, um, a Belgian dark or something. Mm, I you can know, see very that. very fruity and alcoholic, as opposed to yeah. being all about rich bready malt. 
Yeah, right. yeah. Scottish ale should really not be all that fruity. So yeah, you're right. Yeah. What yeast did you use on this, Kyle? Um, because we had so many uh, different people of different like you know brewing levels, we just gave everybody uh, two 12 gram packs of uh, SO4. Oh, the uh, uh, safe ale, dry yeast, yeah, English English ale yeast, yeah. All right. Well, uh, what, what did you ferment at? What temperature did you ferment at? Uh, I mean, we we made the recommendation of fermenting at like sixty six and sixty seven, um, and I, I guess most people did, but I'm assuming people who didn't have temperature control probably did like basement temperature and stuff like that. Thirteen mm-hmm. different temperatures, yeah, right. Yeah. So, so, so the one thing, the thing that we can't get any direct handle on here was, did you did, when you got that barrel, did you like put your nose in there and give it a good sniff? Yeah, and like I said, there was there was a good quart of whiskey still in the bottom of that. I mm-hmm. mean, there it uh it it smelled like just straight whiskey. All right? Do you have a feel for if any of that fruity, plumby, figgy, estery flavor we're had, we're we're picking up is coming from that? I, I wouldn't necessarily yeah, expect that in a whiskey, I th- I, but you I might. think it is. And especially, like, I get like, I'm, I'm drinking one right now with you guys, and I get kind of like you know when you were saying uh, acetaldehyde, I kind of get that kind of apple flavor, and that I think is definitely from that that barrel. And um, mm-hmm. I think a lot of those kind of fruit characters are coming from that barrel. All right. There's a little bit of brown sugar flavor in here. I got too, which is kind of nice. Molasses, the, yeah. I mean, it was it was great because we tried each one before we put it in the barrel, and it was it really was thirteen different beers <laughs> going into that <laughs> barrel. Gonna ask. It, it always yeah. is. You did yeah. a, you did a taste test before you loaded the barrel for that. That's good. Good you, for you. You wanted to check for sourness and stuff like that. Yes. Yeah. Did you have to reject anybody from the barrel? Um, I think one person, but it wasn't um, yeah. as much as sourness. Is just that I think we were being a little overcritical and overcareful. I guess. Right. You would never see uh, 13 grown men cry as fast as if we had to dump 55 oh, gallons man. of that down. Yeah. <laughs> Believe me, I've seen it. Barrel project. <laughs> it can be nerve-wracking. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> why did you have to dump... Why did you have to exclude uh, exclude that one person? Just a- It, it kind of had like a little like a musty, uh, little earthy, just not... It was, you could tell it was just a bit off from the other 12. Okay. Mm-hmm. How did they take it? Oh, they were fine with it. You know, they they went and they put it on and they carved it up and they, you know it came out pretty good too. So I, like I guess I think we were being a little overcritical on it. Did, they understood, you know. Did any of them taste like um, the beer that you attempted to clone, the old Chub? Um, not so much. I mean, I mean, I guess you would. I would have to, or anybody would have to try so several times to really nail it. But it was definitely in the vicinity. You know, kind of a little bit of like a more Americanized kind of. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was be heavy. Okay. Excellent. Uh, do you want to go over your recipe? Do you have that in front of you by any chance? Uh, yeah, if you give me one second. All right. I have it up, too, in case you don't. Uh, um, so we use... So this is for a five-gallon batch. Uh, we use 13 and a half pounds of two-row, uh, 1.13 pounds of a dark crystal, um, 12 ounces of a Munich Light, six ounces of Special B, uh, 4.5 ounces of the Vireman smoked malt and 3.5 ounces of the chocolate malt. And sorry, we used USO5, not USO4 as the yeast. Oh, okay. Hmm. Um, and then so Vireman smoked malt, huh? That, that's where you got, you got that smoke. little smoke wisp in there, huh? <laughs> yeah, it yeah, yeah. took me a couple seconds to pick up on that, yeah. too. It's in there. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, that that was probably a good level to do it. I mean, a lot of people when they do that for beer like this would just add way too much and just end yeah. up with some big over the overbill smoke smoke beer, and it's but, just that whisper that that you yeah. almost don't get it, but then you do if you look for it, kind of thing. It's really yeah. nice. Yeah. yeah, if you're making a wee heavy without the Scottish yeast, that's a little trick, I guess. <laughs> but uh, yeah, try to find the Scottish yeast the next time if you could. But uh, that that does naturally produce a little little smokiness and a little little different variety than that smoked malt that you know the beech wood. Uh, smoke character, but uh, yeah, keeping it nice and light like that was a good call. <laughs> yeah, I listen to the uh, Jamil show a lot, and I know he's Who? talked a lot about the Jamil show. I never, I don't know, I'm not familiar. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, I know he talks a lot about how there was, you know, not really much room for kind of smoked malt in uh, like Scottish beers, and I, I can just picture his, picture his eye twitching as like 13 of us pour smoked malt into this beer. <laughs> He probably woke up in a cold sweat. He could feel it <laughs> like like Yoda. No, like I can tell when there's a, a recipe being assembled that doesn't yeah, meet he, the. His henchmen are headed your way now. Right. Yeah. Just stay right there. Don't worry. They're yeah. they're men in white coats and big butterfly nets. They'll will take you down. Don't worry about it. Uh, do you have any questions for the guys, Kyle? Um, I not not really. It's just um one kind of off topic a little bit. Um. You know, we we've entered this into several competitions, um, and we've we've won a couple like third and second places. But I mean, we've gone from scores uh, like thirty sevens and thirty eights, like you're giving us, all the way down to like the low twenties, high teens. Um, I mean, what do you think could you know cause that kind of disparity in scoring? Crappy judges who don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> are they master level though <laughs> no no, it's, no yeah. never never um, never then forget not. them scoring calibration is a tough thing and scoring you know uh, a beer to what uh you know to the style learning how to do it right is is it's kind of an art form too it's very subjective mm. judging and and sometimes you'll be judging with a person you really respect uh and you trust their opinions and you'll end up with a 20 point variance uh he's right here in a judging uh-huh. pair <laughs> yeah Oh, I'm a, I got we've, we've been there, done that most of the time. Yeah, um, but you know, you, you can trust their opinion, and listen to what they're saying. Sometimes you'll pick something up that that another person's putting out there, or or maybe it could just be an illusion. They could feed your head full of ideas. This beer tastes like taco sauce, and it's like all of a sudden you're tasting taco sauce. I don't know. No, I mean Brian's a good hypnotist. Yeah. <laughs> suggestion. Yeah. No, it it happens, you know. Um, but also the beer is probably improving with age. I don't have the scores had any drift up or down over time, or. They've just kind of been all over. Yeah. Um, huh. I mean, like, we, we entered, so we pulled it off the barrel after six months in, like, March, and it got a 37 in the first round of the NHC, and then it went to the next competition and got, like, a 21. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, the reason I didn't score this beer higher, well, I, I touched on this earlier. For a Scotch ale, it's more fruity than malty. Mm-hmm. So for me, that right. I mean, while it's a wonderful beer, that pushes it out of style, and you're going to run into some real style sticklers. When you, I mean, by definition, when you do BJCP competitions, so you might be losing out there. The the one thing I would I would suggest maybe to try and dodge around that, maybe put it in as a barrel aged old ale hmm. old instead ale? of a Scottish. Okay. Change the base style yeah. to one that would be much more consistent with this kind of fruity and malty character rather than the Scottish, which is just the Scotch, which is just be malt, 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 and alcohol. Would dropping the ferment temp do anything for for that to reduce those fruity flavors? Oh, yeah. If, if yeah. that's where it's coming from, yeah. Yeah, it would. Right. 
I mean, it so depends I, if you could also get a lot of those from too much crystal malts and things mm. like that. And yeah, barrels are a bit of a wild card for things like that. If it had been a brandy barrel, I could see all that fruit having come out of there. I haven't seen a bourbon barrel that's done it this much, but I don't know that distillery. I've never had their product. You have to send some out next time. <laughs> Uh, we we brewed this again, uh, same exact recipe, and filled the barrel, the same barrel, a second time, and we just pulled it off, and it is uh, much more, I think, malty, and mm. definitely has more wood character, and less of those kind of you know fruity kind of you know maybe like whiskey type flavors. Right. That might be it's, it. Yeah, because he has what ten percent uh, crystal malts. If you, I mean, if you count the Munich, then it's you know fourteen percent. Mm. No, eight percent crystal malts. Within the four percent Munich, if you want to add that, yeah. that's not too much, right? I, hard to say. There's yeah. a lot of it as as by mass. It's a wee heavy. It's a big beer, but yeah, yeah. But it's interesting that it comes off less less fruity on your second run through that mm. barrel. It might have yeah, been the barrel. It's definitely a lot more subdued. Same no. fermentation temps. Yeah, it's, I mean, same same recipes. Go. Pretty much the same group of brewers. Um, did that? Um, did that one guy who got ousted the first time? Did he get in the second one? I think so, yeah. There we go. Redemption. (laughs) Yeah. So, hey, question. When you drank that whiskey that was in the bottom of that barrel when you got it, (laughs) did it taste fruity like this? Yeah, I I, I think it had that kind of like, like I keep going to like apple kind of, you know, kind Mm -hmm. of like a, you get a little bit like a green apple note type thing to it. Maybe maybe it's that like kind of vanilla mixed with some of the fruit, but um, yeah, I think it did. All right. Well, there's my guess. That fruit's coming from the barrel and... Your next one's going to be much more wee-heavy, and if you want to get more ribbons with this one, put it in as something different. An old ale, right. maybe even a strong Belgian, although it doesn't have the phenols, but yeah. that's yeah. a different story. Yeah. <clears throat> Sound good, Kyle? Yeah, sounds great. Now you have to start a third barrel project and, you know, well, yeah, we, we Scottish yeast. Put a, we put a porter in a port wine barrel, too, so now we got a couple barrels going on. Oh, double port. Er, yeah. You guys are barrel crazy. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Hey, thanks for sending in that beer. Yeah, thank you guys. I thank appreciate you, yeah. it. That was fun. Yep, thanks. And we'll uh, we'll talk to you later. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. All right, Kyle. Take it easy. All right. Bye. I never know what to say to get off the phone with people. And uh, I'll talk bye. to you later. In reality, I'll never talk to him ever again in my entire life. Yeah, you can just say bye, I suppose. <laughs> just turn off the <laughs> circuit. But I just go, yeah, you know, whatever. Anyway, uh, good beer, right? Yeah. Very nice. nice. Yeah. All right, well, uh, we're going to take a break, and then when we come back, we're going to do our nice little run-through about the beers that we tasted and uh, the issues that they may or may not have had, Uh, and then we're going to get out of here. So uh, we'll see you guys on the other end of this break. It's Dr. Homebrew. That's it. I've had it. I am never putting hops in my beer again. What? Why? It's just too ridiculous. Insane prices, stupid contracts, high shipping costs, crappy selection. Dude, you need Nico Brew. Nico Brew will rock your f***ing face right the f*** off your f***ing skull. $5 shipping to all 50 states, plus fantastic international rates get you low prices on Nico Brew's great selection of hops and more. Whether you're a home brewer, a pro brewer, or a homebrew shop owner, Nico Brew can get you the hops you need in increments big and small, single orders, spot buys, or full contracts. And there's only one place to join the uber special secret elite bare bones club where you'll get the best deals anywhere. Holy f***ing shit! NicoBrew.com N-I-K-O-B-R-E-W Nico Brew, your bare bones buddy in the brewing business. 
Wooly, I'm beat. Can we find a nice tree to just hang out in for a while? You're beat? I've been swinging through this forest for 50 years, ever since we... Ever since we first escaped from the circus. I know, I know, but there's got to be more to life than exploring this creek and trying to populate the valley by copulating with loose, hairy girls. Mark, we stop. Look! What is that? It looks like a man-made treehouse. With fresh food. And craft beer. Welcome to the Creek Monkey Tap House, boys. Grab a seat. Creek monkeys drink free. <laughs> awesome! The Creek Monkey Tap House in Martinez, California, takes their mission of fresh food and beer seriously. They only serve locally raised beef and chicken, as well as local sustainable produce. It's better for you and the planet, and it just tastes better. The beer and wine at Creek Monkey Tap House are chosen with the same care for the highest quality and rotate frequently to make each visit an adventure. Swing on into the Creek Monkey Tap House and enjoy a new legend of amazing food, beer, and wine. The Creek Monkey Tap House, online at creekmonkey.com. Ma'am, I'll need to take your top off for this examination. Oh, doctor. Now back to Dr. Homebrew. Welcome back. It's Dr. Homebrew, everybody. Hope you enjoyed the brand new rejoinder that I just found in my archive of things that didn't upload properly or whatever. I don't know. You needed a rejoinder? I needed a rejoinder. Rejoinder? I don't even know what. We've been rejoined. All right. <laughs> God bless everyone who's been rejoined today. Is that in New Jersey? It might be. I don't Sounds know what like it was. It. Who knows what it was? It was rejoined terrible. New Jersey. It was terrible, so it probably yes. was. Uh, all right, let's run down the beers we had real fast. Uh, from Constantine, he had that robust porter, the, the brown robust porter, if you will. Uh, so we told him basically, well, at least the guys told him, uh, uh, add a bit more roast and a bit um, bump up the chocolate malt a little bit to get that kind of robust, uh, the robust feeling going on. Um, he did have the sanitation issue, that tiny bug that created that musty kind of earthy flavor right just a just a smidge just a little bit yeah okay nothing nothing too outrageous but uh you know definitely blow up your your bottling bucket take everything apart uh use the pbw use the star sand from five star take care of all that kind of stuff replace your tubing replace your plastic stuff uh and then see what you get when you come out with that um check your carbonation was brian was saying uh is a little bit under carbonated even though we know we know why. Um, and you were saying it's a little bit astringent as well. A little bit of that, yeah. yeah. Okay. Keep so that, uh, Keep that sparge in check. Yeah, and, watch your sparge and uh, potentially handle your dark malts a little bit differently in, the, yeah. in your mash, right? And if you're, if you're not getting enough acid from the malts uh, to get your pH right, you know, just you're going to adjust your sparge water. Although with a beer like, well, a beer like this, it should be acidic enough in the mash to, ha- you know, stand up to uh, even a, a moderately, you know, uh, carbonate water or whatever, but yeah, or um, yeah, what's the opposite of acidic? <laughs> basic, yeah. basic, basic, yeah. alkaline, alkaline. That's the word I was looking for. It's like a battery, <laughs> battery acid. Your water needs to be battery acid. Soak it in a battery for two hours. It's battery aged. Uh, and then Kyle, what do we tell Kyle? Send us more. Send us more. Send beer. us more. That's the only way to get your score back. <laughs> Send us some of those micro distillery barrels too, man. Let's get an exchange program going. Nano distillery. I wonder how much you actually have to produce to be considered a nano distillery. One barrel per batch. <laughs> uh, basically, jar. right? 
it was uh, fermentation temp, kind of lower that a little bit. Uh, use a proper yeast. Uh, you know, if you're going to do a Scotch ale, you should get that that appropriate yeast. Just like if you were going to match uh, a beer style from a different region, you you kind of want that that region's uh, yeast. Um, Right? Am I yeah. wrong on that? Yeah. You could even listen to Jamil and, and skip the smoked malt in that case. You could just get it all from the yeast. That's true. You could, but smoked malt's real good. The smoked malt worked in this yeah, like for some it. reason. You know, it kind of did, right? It, it's kind of cool. Yeah. No, it gave a nice little, nice little whisper of smoke. They didn't overdo it. Which that, is, yeah, that would be easy. But the to... bad problem with that usually is. Yeah, and the other thing I would say on this is if you make a Scottish ale and it comes out tasting like something else, maybe give it a different name if you put it in a comp. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, that's the important thing. Yeah, if you want your ribbons. Otherwise, you can just get dry it all. Right. All right, boys, what do you say we get out of here? Let's get out of here. We should just put a disclaimer that everything we say is complete and utter BS. And, uh, <laughs> you know, the, the past errors on shows, uh, if you mess up your beer because of us, you can't blame us and come sue the brewing network or anything like that because that's right but even with all that have any money everything we say is right we need someone to talk really fast to say that. <laughs> <laughs> all right i want to thank constantine and kyle for uh, keeping us filled with beer we really appreciate that and uh like i was telling constantine our uh, lovely people at five star chemicals are going to be sending you guys a nice care package i believe there's uh, some star sand. I believe there's some um, PBW, and there may be some other goodies in there. I'm not really entirely sure. You'll have to you have to let us know. So if you want a nice five star chemicals care package, and you want to be on Doctor Homebrew, um, send me an email. Send me an emu. Write a letter, tack it onto your emu, and send it to JP at thebrewingnetwork.com, and we'll get you going on the Doctor Homebrew show. Could be self delivering. Could be oh self delivering emu. I like that. Um, also, if you're looking for the recipes that we talked about today, head on over to Brewtoad. You go to Brewtoad.com slash Dr. Homebrew. Not only can you see the recipes, you can just try to decipher and decode uh, the BGCP score sheets, and you get to download the show from them if if, uh, if your RSSL 9 feed or whatever it's called doesn't work. Uh, anyway, uh, Brewtoad.com slash Dr. Homebrew. Thanks a lot, everybody, for sticking around. We'll see you next time. Peace. Bye, okay. guys.